Welcome to day 319 of Shaped by the Word. We've been reading through Ezekiel, and I'm here with uh, David and Matt. I'm Paul. As uh, we continue to read through the book of Ezekiel, as part of the larger story of the prophets, uh, the prophets you know, come at the end of God's judgment on Israel, and uh, they take us through the scenes of judgment and offer us the restored hope that will come through you know, God's redemptive work in, in, in Christ. So there's a perfect bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament where we see the failure of Israel to be the people of God. We see the faithfulness of the coming one uh, who will represent the people of God and through whom we will be blessed and we ourselves, you know, become the people of God. Last couple of days, we've looked at some horrific scenes of judgment and we're reminded of the terror of judgment and, of course, that uh, the terror of judgment or of God's wrath has been spilled out on Christ Jesus on our behalf so that uh, we, through his righteousness, may come into the presence of God, which is a beautiful picture. Uh, Ezekiel will finish uh, you know, his book. You've seen some hints of this in Isaiah, um, and, and we'll see it you know, in some of the other prophets we read as well. Ezekiel, you know, from here, verses, you know, chapters 40 through 48, gives us a picture of the restoration of the temple. And we're going to get into a lot of, you know, crazy detail here, like we did when we read through Exodus, you know, a couple of years ago, crazy detail in the tabernacle. And we're going, you know, do I really need to know, you know, all of these different, you know, little details? Uh, but it's not so much the details, it's the fact that all of these, you know, cumulatively together uh, point to the stability, the power, and the permanence of God's presence, you know, with his people. So Ezekiel is going to go a long way toward making this. And, of course, we had a vision in Ezekiel of the glory of God leaving the temple. We'll come back you know, in chapters 47 and 48 and see it returned to uh, the temple. And, of course, we see that in the picture of Christ as he rides over the hill, a Mount of Olives, and comes into the city of Jerusalem to cleanse the temple uh, in the New Testament as well. So get ready to spend a lot of time and this week and next week on the architecture of the new temple, which is uh, incredible for its permanence, its security, uh, and its symbolism, you know, with the people uh, of Israel. Before we read, uh, David, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, we thank you for moments when we're reminded uh, that all of your scripture is is God breathed, and it, it's a means by which you use it to uh, to do a deep work in us and to Help us behold you and, and see you for who you truly are. And, and so we're thankful that even in the details, you deeply care about them. Um, and even more so than what we see here, you're fashioning an unbelievable uh, temple built out of your people in the most amazing of ways. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. I ask that you would use it um, to encourage us and build us up today. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 40. In the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th month, in the 14th year, after the fall of the city, on that very day the hand of the Lord was on me. He took me uh, there in visions of God. He took me to the land of Israel, and he set me on a very high mountain on whose south side were some buildings that looked like a city. He took me there, and I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze. He was standing in the gateway with linen cord and measuring rod in his hand. The man said to me, Son of man, look carefully and listen closely and pay attention to everything I'm going to show you, for that is why you have been brought here. Tell the people of Israel everything you see. 
I saw a wall completely surrounding the temple area. The length of the measuring rod in the man's hand was six uh, long cubics, each of which was a cubic and a hand breadth. He measured the wall. It was one measuring rod thick and one rod high. Then he went out to the east gate. He climbed its steps and measured the threshold of the gate. It was one rod deep. The alcoves for the guards uh, were one rod long and one rod wide, and the projecting wall between the alcoves were five cubics thick, and the threshold of the gate next to the portico facing the temple was one rod deep. Then he measured the portico of the gateway. It was eight cubics deep, and its jams uh, were two cubics deep. The portico out of the gates faced the temple. Inside the east gate, there were three alcoves, and each side, the three, had the same measurements, and the faces of the projecting walls on each side had the same measurements. Then he measured the width of the entrance of the gateway. It was 10 cubics, and its length was 13 cubics. In front of the, each alcove was a wall one cubic high, and the alcoves were six cubics square. Then he measured the gateway from the top of the rear wall of one alcove to the top of the opposite one. The distance was 25 cubics from one parapet opening to the opposite one. He measured along the faces of the projecting walls all around the inside of the gateway, 60 cubics. The measurement was up to the portico facing the courtyard. The distance you know, from the entrance of the gateway to their far end and its portico was 50 cubics. The alcoves and the projecting walls inside the gateway were sur surmounted by narrow parapets uh, opening all around, as was the portico. The openings were all around facing inward. The faces of the projecting walls were decorated with palm trees. And this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> One of the most interesting ways he starts is you know, talking about a generous cubic. In other words, this is not your normal cubic, but the measurement is even greater you know, than that. A cubic size, you know, 18, 20 inches, you know, and, and of course there were a lot of different you know, cubic standards. But you have Ezekiel, you know, after you know, the city has fallen, after the temple has been completely you know, destroyed. Uh, the people who were in exile were hoping it may be short term, but they're already 25 years in, and they'll have another 50, you know, years, you know, to go, you know, 50, mm -hmm. 45 years to go before they're restored. And uh, the city has been devastated, so this has been a huge emotional blow to them. Uh, but God lifts, you know, Ezekiel up from you know, where he is by the Kebar River, and he takes him back to Israel. And you see the town already new being rebuilt. He doesn't recognize it. And you see this man who somewhat you know, serves as an angelic building inspector, you know, who's taking the rod and who's measuring you know, every, you know, every part of it. And so what you need to see in this, you know, more than anything else, is the perfection of the new temple, the security and the thicknesses of the walls. You're going to hear some of the same descriptions. You know, when you come to Revelation about how incredibly thick, you know, the walls are and all the porticos and all of these, you know, and all of these things. And, of course, interesting, the first thing that's described here is the East Gate, yeah. which is uh, the gate through which the glory of God left yeah. and the gate through which, you know, the glory of God, you know, will eventually return, you know, to the temple. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to point that. I think that's significant that it starts at the East Gate because the last time we did yeah. see, you yeah. know, that it's the glory of God leaving the east and even you know if, if um people if you you were here and you heard paul's sermon on the temple you talked about the significance yeah. of you know east even when we get to eden you know that east of eden There's and, Eastern, yeah. and you start to see this orientation of east being significant and all of a sudden god's saying you know not only am i going to restore my people but restore 
their worship as well. And that first thing we begin to see is the East Gate where God is committed to complete restoration. Yeah. And the temple itself, of course, is, is the ultimate symbol of, you know, what we just, you know, what we just saw in chapter, you know, 39, that final promise is my dwelling place will be with my people. And, uh, you know, I will be their I will be their God, which is a covenant formula. You know, we've we've heard every since, you know, the uh, you know, God gathered his people at Mount Sinai to form them into a people and call them to himself. You see some of the, you know, similarities of the people here in a the middle of a long rebuilding of a temple and even we today find ourselves in the kind of long rebuilding of of the new temple the the people of god and you know it it's slow and it's difficult but we know that god's going to be faithful uh, to complete his good work and and to build something beyond what we could even you know imagine yeah with the new temple you know unlike you know both you know both the uh you know the tabernacle and uh, Solomon's temple, and even the restored temple. Uh, you know later on, you remember you know Jesus saying to uh, you know the Pharisees and the, and the teachers of the law, and, and, and the Sanhedrin, you know, destroy this temple and I'll build it again in three days. And they said, "This is taking us forty-six years, you know, to build this thing." And, and of course, the process of that kind of construction. You see, most of the Book of Exodus talking about you know the construction of the temple. This one, however. We don't have this long labor construction. You know, this is a temple that uh, apparently, you know, just like, you know, the battles fought, you know, against Gog and Magog. We have no mention of Israel preparing themselves for battle and being victorious in battle. This is a battle that is won by the Lord and this is a temple that is built by the Lord and all of its in symbolism as well, which is kind of a you know, powerful image. And of course, in the end, we see the city of Jerusalem, you know, not being rebuilt, but descending you know, from the heavens, you know, as, as a perfect. And it, that's another thing you see in those measurements, all the perfection of it. Yeah. You know, everything is perfectly symmetrical, which is in a symbolic of the holiness of God, uh, holy of holies, mm. you know, has these perfect dimensions. And so does this, you know, temple. All right, we're looking like we have nothing else to say about <laughs> temple construction here. <laughs> I want to yeah. cube it in a hand yeah. breath. Yeah. Yes, yes. No, these, uh, yeah, the, and, and of course, these are images. Even it was, you know, famous in uh, in, in biblical times that nobody nobody had the same cubic, <laughs> and, and so everybody had their own individual cubic and their own, you know, uh, individual you know, talent or, or measure of you know, silver and, and, and things like this. But this one is a generous one. Which again is a picture of you know God. The study notes will always say it's about eighteen inches. Yeah, that's about eighteen about. inches. Well, actually, I guess the measurement was you know from your elbow to the tip of your finger, and of course that's different <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. So uh, if you were a short guy and uh, measuring out uh, your your proportion, you didn't get near as much. So to be a little bit taller, meant you you got a little bit more. Your cubic was a little more generous, and God's cubic was certainly generous and all of that. Father, thank you for the generosity of your measurement toward us in Christ Jesus. Uh, we thank you for the beauty of what you have done, and we thank you, Father, for a far more in a beautiful temple than we could ever imagine in the person of Christ and your desire to form us as your people into a holy temple uh, is reflective of your glory and your beauty as well. We see Christ, and uh, we admire the beauty that uh, is on display in him. We see ourselves and we wonder what you're all about, but we trust you uh, to do your work in us so that we ultimately reflect you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.